All right, well, welcome to another vep. Oh, fuck my life. Shit. Fuck. Dude. It's because you're old now. Keep it, it in. How old are you old now? Old man. Uh, uh, Birthday is not until the 27th. Oh. So I'll be 40. Uh, you're going to be 40? Yes. Holy crap. Thank you for that. That's good. But how old's your girlfriend, Brad? Uh, Like 29, I think. Actually, an acceptable age gap. Something like that. I don't remember. Brad looks like he's 30. Oh, so. cut the Brad don't does. He, part. He, I haven't even started the episode yet. We're wasting right. good material. Okay. okay. You can just edit it. You, know, yeah, you can just do my thing. You can just work harder. It's fine. <laughs> I don't want to work harder. Why All right. <laughs> <laughs> this will be on the Discord. All right. Well, another. <laughs> All right, well, welcome back to another episode of A Mountain Tale. Take it from here, Brad. The Adventures of all the Whatever, just go with Brand it. Brand it right. He still did it better than you, though. <laughs> <sighs> all right, welcome to another exciting episode of The Adventures of all the Mountain Tale. Uh, That's well, acceptable. That was a little <laughs> shitty, but... Yeah, <laughs> he did it, guys. You yeah, have to keep it in of us calling it shitty. Listen, we're all a little rough. This weekend, I don't know why. Well, Nick wouldn't be because he didn't make it to my birthday party. But what a jerk! We we Piece tied it. We tied it. It wasn't even his birthday. It, it was, was his birthday party. It was his birthday party on the day of your birth. <laughs> yeah, but I I can't. I'm not gonna take off Thursday. Yeah, that's like, not fun. Like, hey everybody, I took Thursday off. Let's have a party. And everyone's like, no, it's Thursday. I don't know. I got drunk at the bowling alley on Thursday. Yeah, but you're in your twenties. We all yeah. do that shit. That's like, true. You're the age, but that's that's acceptable. We tied it on pretty good. Shout out to Ethan, who almost died. Bless <laughs> his heart. We love you. Who would have known, being the old farts we are, that the Tom Collins would have gotten <laughs> Oh, I love Tom Collins. I do not feel like it was the Tom Collins that got him. It was the gin that you force-fed him like four of. And the, I, well, <laughs> it wasn't just gin. You poisoned him. Let's just be honest. You poisoned I, listen, him, and then we're surprised when he was poisoned. I, yes, I could handle that. And Tom Collins, I think, is kind of a regional drink, and you don't see that a lot here in Missouri. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, Tom Collins. And everyone's like, I've never had that. Let's what have it. What is a Tom Collins? Uh, it is delicious. It's so, basically like an off-brand margarita. Well, it's gin, club soda, and essentially Tom Collins mix. Right. You just buy the mix. You lost me at gin, so I'm just going to say but right it, on. It, it's good. Oh, like, it, was, it was delicious. Like, ice. Brad let me have a drink, and I was like, I'm going to need you to mix me up one of them. Honestly, Sorry. Um, honestly, part of the reason why I kept giving Ethan the gin is because I wanted it gone, so I know I didn't have to drink it. <laughs> Neither one of you had to drink it. <laughs> it wasn't a draft. Again. Listen. <laughs> in her 20s. When I go out, guys, I, I go out. I mean, we had so many alcohols, like yeah, bourbon. I say, we still have a couple of fists sitting over gin. there. I hid Nathan's Jameson over there because I was worried about him. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, he was... I mean, one of, those, one of those is coming home night. with me, um, and then the other is staying here. Um, I took the tequila home. I didn't even realize oh, there shit. was tequila. Oh, shit. I didn't even know there was tequila. I would have oh, done tequila shots all night. Yeah. That, and the, I would have also blacked but, out. But that was one of the presents I wanted to keep, was mm. the tequila. Although- I love tequila. While Ethan passes out when he blacks out, I apparently people don't know that hey, I'm blacked out. Here, here's what we'll do. Episode 50, I'll bring the Cabo Wabo back. Oh, fuck yeah. How how many episodes is that away? Uh, this is like 30, uh, eight, 39. <laughs> Man, it's like a day and a half recovery time for me on that shit, so you gotta give me some forewarning. I gotta make sure. And that... we'll have to record on a Saturday. 
Can't do that on Sunday. Uh, what drink? I like the Why? Friday. That Good. gives me two days to recover before Monday. Yeah, we could record Friday night. I'm not saying we get blackout drunk. We just but have a, have you a know that would happen. So let's just you know how many shots lay the precaution. How many shots out. would get you blacked out, Nick? Oh, I'm not taking any shots. <laughs> so then, why are you worried about being blacked out? I'm worried about the older gentlemen sitting at the table. Well, the ones that know how to drink, oh. you'll, you'll take a 30 minute nap and be like, "All right, I'm gone. I'm going." Oh, to dude, I wouldn't say that. This morning, I feel like shit. Again, I got nice and sauce, and I was still up by 5 a.m. taking I, care of kids. I, I, I didn't black out. Uh, nope. I don't do shots. It was definitely a fun party. Like, thank you for the invitation. Yeah, no. I had a great time. No, I, I was like, Ashley would enjoy this. I need a little more, like, peppy spark and screaming. We what have it? a party dynamic here, and that translates to parties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Nick. Where were you? Yeah. I was where on call. Where were you? <laughs> I, I really I was. can listen to the episodes and tell the episodes where it's like, I might have had a beer too many that episode. <laughs> uh, I kind of want a beer. Same. Here, I just opened this one. I haven't even drank from what it. What is it? It's a raspberry cider. No, um, He's like, yeah. I got a good lager. Yeah, it's, good. It. Yeah. it's good. Yeah. It's actually I'll, I'll really sweet. One. I'll get one on break. I'll try it. I yeah. like cider. I love a raspberry. No, it's really good. Raspberry's good. That's what I was drinking all the other night, but I was chugging them. Wait, we were we had a, a point to talking about drinking and nice. partying. What was the... I don't, I don't know. The fact that you're another year older. A yeah. man got slapped. A man did get... I but, loved it. And not just by me. <laughs> not just by me. So at least slap fight didn't happen. He got brought up. Not by me. No. No. By the person who wants to get slapped the most. <laughs> I yeah. mean, he kept listen. He kept coming he over knows. to get slapped. He knows. He yeah. kept doing it. He likes it. Yep. That's not his me. Kink. I'm not a. Mm, mm. I don't like hands on. Me. So anyway, back to the. Uh, <laughs> Bradley likes like a wiener. I don't own. know. Things were starting to get a little weird. So I'm just going to listen, just segue son. Over. If, if you think you're ready to step up into the Segway big leagues, you're not. I'm <laughs> not. There's, there's an art to this. <laughs> well, go for it. You got to let it happen naturally. You can't force it. You got to let Grandpa do you, it. You, you, you're the you, master at it. Go you, for you it. You got to. You got to. You got to work to it, man. You got to like ease into it. Sweet talk it. Let it go. And speaking of sweet talking, uh, Rich has requested we do a bottle episode. <laughs> well done. Uh, well, now that that, that was a smooth transition. And that's because he's forty. Of course, he's going to know how to do it. He's done it for like the past twenty years. <laughs> I've not been podcasting for twenty eh, years. Shut up, Brad. If he's been <laughs> podcasting for twenty <laughs> years, we'd You're be getting paid. You're fucking mouthy today. It's got a ring what, to it. What's what's gotten into you? <laughs> you fight. <laughs> Let the gray bush talk. <laughs> <Fuck you. laughs> I have more gray in my in my hair than he does. That's the thing. I don't look forty. So, no, you don't. You um, look like you're thirty-four. But like at, at most thirty-six. But at some point, like I'm gonna wake up and like just have like a gray hair and just like, it'll just happen overnight and be you're, like, let's just start this episode. How about that? Boss has requested we do a recap episode, which is fair. We're probably overdue for it. Um, I know probably any listener was hoping to go ahead and get a resolve to that cliffhanger 
from last time. As are we all. But nah. Fuck you guys. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you, Rich. You don't no, it. Rich, it was good to see you for, for the B-Day party. Yeah, it was really nice. We do enjoy both. Was, we don't get nice to hang out with Rich a, a lot, you know. Like, I do most of the editing, and then he adds, like, the sound effects and the cool stuff. Um, and then Joy does our final audits of, like, what is acceptable for human <laughs> beings to listen to. Joy is an absolute angel. Ooh. I mean, her, her name, she's true to her name. Also, she pays for, like, all this, so that's pretty nice. Yeah, no, she's she's amazing. She's iconic. I could agree with that. She's so, like, I don't really have a, a lot of directed questions for this but like you know how how is how how is the state of things versus like when we started like how has things changed for you guys so i will start out with saying this knowing that you were writing the campaign and this is no way a directive at you it's just my experience with hearing about people writing their own campaigns my expectations were fairly low ouch (laughs) (laughs) and you asked me if i'd help with this and i really approached it as an obligation but I have enjoyed the shit out of myself. I, I wouldn't have done this project if I didn't want to do it. You know, like I would have just ran a module. I, I just came at it being like, you know what? I'll show up. I'll do Brad this solid. Not a big deal. Maybe it lasts six months. And I've really enjoyed myself. Um, much more tied in with the story, the characters. Uh, I got to know two new people and play with them. That was fantastic. Um, and again, you have a, when you have a, a group of people you're playing with, you never know how the dynamics going to work. Different personalities, different play styles. So if you can get together with a random group of people and it clicks, like that's always awesome. Yeah, I think for me, like coming into it, I, I was, um, like I, Rich had asked me on a like in a Facebook message on my birthday, like he was like, first of all, happy birthday. <laughs> Second of all, do you want to do this? Um, and I didn't approach it the same way you did because I was I the way I approached it was, oh, this is so fucking cool absolutely fuck yeah because i'm i'm a person i love to live for the experiences of life i i love that i will get to tell like my nephew whenever he gets older i I will get to tell him like oh yeah no i used to like i used to do some cool shit you know yeah um same yeah (laughs) but um i was like really anxious too also coming in as excited as i was i was also really anxious because i'm i'm just an anxious person in in general but like coming in meeting four people that i had no fucking idea who any of you were (laughs) i'm like okay am i gonna die is this this, is this a setup (laughs) wow listen which one's the murderer be honest it'd be brad is this how i get (laughs) (laughs) i take that as a compliment because it means like i would get away with it no Okay. <laughs> She's. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it has been the more that I've come in and gotten to play and get to know you guys, I, my anxiety is like completely subsided. You know, by I think the third session of us like practicing, um, I was like, okay, I feel more comfortable. Like this is this is good. This is great. Um, but Brad, like, and I, I, this is one of the only times I'll ever brag on you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) this was called a backhanded compliment (laughs) but you have such a wonderful creative mind and it's very expansive and that's so obvious and not only how you have created this world that we're playing in but how you have been able to adapt and roll with the punches whenever shit does happen Um, because 
I I know for a fact we've done some shit that you're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Not yeah, like, yeah. like <laughs> we dumb. Yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a thing. I feel like though, if you if you're not if you're playing the game and you don't throw your DM off at least a couple of times, are you really playing the game right? Yeah, no, I, then to me, that's a big part of playing, of having fun as a GM is like, you get shit thrown in your face. You're like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Cause I, I feel like being a GM is, can be fun, but for the most part, unless, depending on, unless your party, um, but for the most part, how much fun you have as a GM totally relies on the party and how they act together or individually and vice versa. Yes. Yeah. And, and writing for something like this, you have to leave room. Um, for the other people at the table. Because if you write so tight, there's no room for the four of you to contribute. Not good. It's bad. You know, you guys won't have fun and the story will suffer. Whereas occasionally I'm just like, I, I, I give you a choice to do something and I'm not initially prepared for either way. You guys affect it. And you guys have. You've thrown me for loops before where I'm like, okay, I got two weeks to think of some shit. But I, I think those are those are good things. Those are fun things. Yeah, I uh, think it adds flavor, spice. I don't have nearly as much time DMing as as you do, Brad, or, or many others out there. But like the last campaign, the only campaign I've ran, my favorite times were when I like tailor made things for players and the Absolutely. story and, and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's where like some of my like DM credibility, like the quote unquote like old school DM credibility, goes out the door because I'm like I got too much invested in this character to let them die right now. Um, and sometimes that makes me a softie, but like, I want to see how the story ends. I want to see what these characters do. And like, yeah, you know, death happens, but if I spent two months writing for a character, I, I don't necessarily want them to die to a, a goblin. But I don't think you've ever just like pulled straight up pulled punches that like, like just before Will's story came out, um, in his little arc with his God and everything, like I almost died in a random encounter. Yeah. With the, oh, the Iron Vorax. Yeah. Like I was, oh, shit, I was around yeah. away yeah. from permanent death. And, and to me, that's a, you know, and you brought up the point, like, wouldn't the motherfucker just keep going? And that is, that's a DM choice from, from person to person to person. Like, yeah. okay, there's a character down. Do I just stab him two more times and kill him? Or do you like, does the creature realize this person's not a threat anymore? And there are still active threats. Do they move on? Yeah, no, but it didn't feel like you pulled a punch. That was just made sense for the comic. Yeah, like... I feel like you don't really pull punches at all. Like, I, I try to keep it honest. Him, him delaying the Hydra fight for four more levels was a good call. That was, because well, we would have all That was not perished. actively murdering, you know. That would have been an easy TPK for you. Well, instead of one new character, we would have had four. You tailor encounters. To the players. And if you're not, you get some wild results. You yeah. know? Encounter design is hard anyway. Like, there are times where I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a, a hard fight. And then you guys just curb stomp a motherfucker to death, laughing the whole time. And I'm just sitting there like, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> One day, someone with a bow will be a threat. No, they won't. Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, if Gertie turns against us, I'm still, I'm still convinced she's sucking all the luck for. For archers on the mountain. I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull a GM screen up for once and be like, oh, <laughs> another critical. <laughs> oh, weird. That is absolutely insane. How did that happen? Gertie is so good at shooting, you guys. She never fails. Yeah. Um, you know, at what point, like, and you know, actually, you're talking about being nervous. Um, mm -hmm. and 
you know, when we did our first campaign, Return of Ferdin, yeah, there were times where, like, you know, you were nervous. But, like, pretty quickly, at some point, you just sit down at the table, throw the headphones on, and you're back in. What was that moment for some of you guys? I still get nervous every time we play because I'm because I never know how it's going to pan out. Yeah, and that's I think the point. That's the like, thrill of it, though. Yeah, and that yeah, you're right. It, it might not be nerves; it's the thrill of the game, I guess. Oh, it's it's like the adrenaline. Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it's, yeah. Yeah, because I feel like I'm a person who I get so passionate sometimes about like even just movies. Like I, I there are certain movies I can't watch because I will literally stand up and scream at the screen. Because I just I get so, <laughs> I just get so invested in in characters and in things and Scooby Doo, yeah. No, but like the Green Mile. <laughs> oh, yes. so the good. Green Mile. So I good. that is so not good. what I thought you were going to say. No, like, <laughs> when that one scene happened without the water, I legitimately stood up. That my um, ex, my now ex, my boyfriend at the time, he grabbed my arm to go like, "Hey, like come sit down," and I hit him. I turned and instinctively, I just punched him. Uh, but that, that that that's the kind of movie where you're like, I'm gonna watch the Green Mile, but I'm I you have to set off the time like that's not a casual movie to watch. Mm, no, you know? it was a casual movie. Oh God, no! You're I a just, monster. Listen, I, <laughs> I don't really cry during movies or anything like that. I don't cry during TV shows. I've only ever cried during like one movie, but um, Fox and the Hound. No, which well, okay, <laughs> that one's what so was sad? I gotta know what was the movie. Um, it's also the only book I've ever cried while reading. It was The Fault in Our Stars back when I was like a sophomore in high school. I've never seen okay. That. Yeah. I it's know about it two cancer cancered teenagers who are in love. Yeah. And I, one dies. I find oh, myself Thanks for ruining it. No, Spoiler warning. I, I feel like I, it's pretty obvious. I find yeah, myself getting weepy more in movies. Um and this was after I had a, a loss in the family where like I had more control over my emotions back then and now just a random thing will set me off. You know, like movies, I, I get invested. See the ones with like parents and kids now. Yeah, I'll fucking cry. I know. You know, I I agree with you. Like it depends. Like when things happen throughout your life. Like now, I can't even watch The Lion King because I'm like, oh, his dad. I don't just, know about that, but like, like he just died. But like, like for example, oh, I know. But I watched the new Lion always, King like right after my dad died, and I was like, yeah, ah! okay. Yeah. <laughs> See, I also feel really bad though because sometimes I because I always forget that since I don't have a good relationship with my parents, I don't feel that same way towards right. movies like that. So like, I I really feel very like indifferent towards a lot of things in regards to that. Jake, what about you? Like, when did you start getting comfy? Well, um, I'm still a little bit nervous every time, but it was definitely more potent and obvious back in the the early episodes. Last couple times, though, with the uh, gearing up for the PvP fight, mm. that was borderline dread. Uh, yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was stressed. Uh, yeah, I I was stressed that week in particular. I love the the sense of companionship that we have with this table we got some old blood we got some new blood and that creates for some of the best gaming experiences because we just think different yeah and you can't script that really in a a way that still involves actually rolling the dice so we have a rare element and i'm like i don't want to actually ruin the game by playing it (laughs) I I i was fucking i was worried about, you know, if if it doesn't go well and then we listen back to it and it's just like, okay, we, we're like, we're really 
you know, bent out of shape about it or it just doesn't really tell the right narrative. Like, what do we do then? I'm still trying to, like, live that down. I I haven't went back and recapped. I'm afraid to. I I don't, you know... But everybody's here now and nobody hates me, so I'm thinking we're okay. (laughs) And and it was funny, as of this recording, I haven't edited last episode. Um, I'm I'm almost there, but yeah, like that's it's two and a half hours raw. I I honestly probably won't listen to that episode. It was a stressful episode. Yes. Like I didn't want to even play it, but we had to. I, I and here's the deal though. Like I, you, a lot of you guys are like, I'm stressed about this. I'm worried, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like we just this is happening, and let's just be honest with it. Let's just let it happen honestly. Can I add to that? Yeah. The fact that we explored that territory mm-hmm. and that we're moving forward with it means that we are legitimately accomplishing a narrative that I've never known another group to successfully do. When you get in the PvP territory, it, it, it it's hard to come back from that kind of stuff because it's hard to not feel personal about it. And, and here's why I think we're this is fine. Because like the PvP was not person-driven. It was character driven now yeah. I've, I've had groups that yeah i think we've all been there they've imploded because people didn't fucking get along they're just like i hate donnie and yeah. by, by yeah. and like by and I'm, i don't know anyone named i'm just using a name but like <laughs> and by transitive substantiation or whatever i hate donnie's character right you know and it wasn't like that people made honest decisions in their character's mindset and it just, it went that way. Well, think about it from like, when Ashley was in the process of betraying the party, we were all like, yes, get it. You're doing such a great job. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. <laughs> like, char- like, that's char- a great thing to have. When you have a character betraying the rest of the party, everyone's like, this is so good. You're doing a great job. Characters were like butthurt, but like everybody at the table was like, these are your best episodes. She sold it, yeah. <laughs> now she sold it 110%. Absolutely. That is because I am, in fact, actually very manipulative. Thank you. No. <laughs> ne- never, never picked up on that. You stone cold bitch. Um, <laughs> you know, but, but I, yeah. I, Did you just go, aww? I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there, there's a point. There's a joke I wouldn't have made at the start of this podcast. Well, yeah. We I wouldn't have felt comfortable other. saying that to Ashley. What? Calling you a stone cold bitch. Okay. But now I don't feel bad about it. Well, you know, and we've been recording a long time, actually. Like yeah. two we, years, we, we did we did right? so many year and a half, a year and a half, almost yeah. two years. Yeah. yeah, we did so I many. I thought about that the other day. I was like, "How long have we been playing?" I can't yeah. believe we've been doing it for this long. I feel like this is easily the most consistent D and D group I've ever like actually had. Yeah, same. Yeah, and, and we did so many test sessions, and some of them are, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like you, you do that, you know, because we we didn't know each other. I, I dare say we're almost at the point where we kind of almost understand what we're doing with the rules. <laughs> let's, 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 Don't hey, speak for me. Hey, if you're having fun playing the game, you're going to fuck up Let, some rules. Let's not get hasty. Um, <laughs> but I actually like I like the way we use everything more as a guideline. Yes. Um, and I don't like it's easier. I you know, as a GM always doesn't matter the rule system for me. I don't want to waste a half hour looking up a rule in the moment. Right. I'm more more happy, more than happy to be like, listen, I'm just going to make a judgment call. We'll flip a coin, whatever. I think that's what makes it fun, though. Yeah. And what keeps us coming back for a year and a half, because you know. it's like we're not spending an hour looking up in this. I'll, I'll, I'll do. Here. I'll look up the rule later. We'll get it right next time. 
you know, like, and then even then it might be like, I like my thing better. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but Paizo has always been like, listen, these are guidelines. You know, we'll give you the rule. If you want to use it, great. If not, do your own thing. It's your story. We, we don't get hung up on that. Um, because I have definitely gotten shit wrong. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. I've gotten shit wrong. We've all, we'll, we'll do it again. We'll keep doing it. Yeah. But if, we, if, if people are having a good time, that's, that was rule number one. Have a good time. Even if nobody listens to this, if we were having fun, then it was worth doing. Yeah, I told my, I told my um, grandma, I guess I had never told my uh, grandparents that I did this. I don't know why it never came up. Um, probably because I don't care to talk to my grandparents too much, honestly. But I was bringing it, I, I mentioned, I was like, because my grandma was like, oh, why don't you come over on this day? And I was like, oh, I can't, I have to podcast, I have to record. She was like, oh, is that how you're making money now? Fuck, I wish. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> I, and I laughed, and I was just like, I was like, it's it's a fun thing I do, Irma. It's it's a fun thing. And she was like, so you're not making any money from it? And I was like, it's a fun thing I do. Listen, Grandma, I don't make I don't make fun of you for going to your book club meetings, okay? You making money off those? Oh, my God, no, she doesn't go to book club. You know, and I, TV, we're not really making money. But, like, for me, this is a quality of life thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really care about, like, that's the that's what I was trying to explain to her, too, is, like, I don't care whether or not I make money from this because I'm enjoying it. And I think that, like I said, I'm a big person on experiences. I mean, the fact that we, like, that I even get to say, oh, God, no, I got to do this. I have this experience in my life that I got to, you know, enjoy. I mean, that's what I think should matter. You know, we, we, we have an honest appreciation. Speaking of honest appreciation, you get the best deals at Expedia. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus! We get paid in ember stones. Moving on. Listen, if, <laughs> we're we're still shopping for sponsors. Well, so, I'm sure Expedia is not the one for you, <laughs> dude. I will sell out. I don't even give two two shits. Um, in the name of of recap, I want to kind of go over one of my favorite things about our story, and that is the crusade. And all the names attached to it that we have yet to even meet or, or, or discover more about. It's had one of the best build-ups, I think, and one of the best narrative, like, uh, um, sculpts mm. that we've sort of, step by step, we keep coming back to it. It's always kind of there. It's always been an element, and we're learning more about it. I like that it started as a thing that Sigorum wanted nothing to do with but the more that we go man it's like boiling down to the only thing that matters because it resembles a life that he's once lived so it's the only thing that maybe he can do something about it's not the main story right but in pursuit of those things it is also driving the main story it's all interweaved i don't know if i've ever told you this on mike but your storytelling reminds me of a lot of Stephen King, and I know I've told you that off mic, but now that it's documented, <laughs> and like audio. I, I've read a lot of King, and I'm sure it's influenced. Yeah, like and like the the Dark Tower is one of my favorites. Well, and that's what I'm reading right now. Yeah, and like all of a sudden, while we're playing this, I'm like, what the heck? Like, I'm sure is... I'm sure it's bled through. Um, oh yeah, but it's awesome because I just started reading it, and I'm like, Ooh. and I was thinking the other day, like this is essentially um, D and D Gilligan's Island. <laughs> I've actually like, never yeah. watched Gilligan's Island, and like that realization hit me. What about Lost? No. Okay. Yeah, no, we're not that serious. 
and hopefully we'll have like a, a cognitive ending. <laughs> that's yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, but I don't know. It our the game started off feeling very simple. You yeah. know, we came to this mountain. Hey, there's these couple missions maybe lined out ahead of us, and I've liked that from a story perspective. Like I've been surprised by things. I've already mentioned I liked that our personal character grows for interweaved in the story. It's like I said, it's been it's been enjoyable. Yeah, I was trying to be like a JRPG where it's like level one, find the cat. Level 18, kill God. <laughs> I also really want to say <laughs> I also really want to say that I appreciate not only like the gameplay that we have and the the dynamic that we have there, but also the friendships that we've been able to like forge through it too. I mean, you kind of have to at least be somewhat of friends if you're going to be hanging out. Are you calling us friends? Nick's oh, so am I? Am That's I? so kind of you. <laughs> no, well, well, honestly, I actually would say that. Like, yeah. I agree with that because yeah. I uh, learned some very sick things from every one of you, and you kind of warp my fragile little mind every time. You're naive. You need to learn at some point. We all bring something to the table. Nick's innocence is definitely like. And but like yeah, you're like spark is what you every know. time I drive home, I'm like, Lord, please forgive me for the things that I have learned. <laughs> Do not let me get hit in this cross section and go to hell. <laughs> you know, like like some of us are are a little like more veteran RPG players, a little jaded. You know, like oh, a goblin fight, neat. Whereas like you know you you're like a goblin, yeah. <laughs> you know? How can I rope it? You know, that's and, yeah. And, I agree. With you. And, and we approach monster of the week territory with this RPG, and I'm fine with that. Here's like, the thing, though. Yeah. And again, maybe it's because I again I just got done running a Starfinder campaign where the enemies were very like mono, in the fact that it was basically the same enemy over and over again a lot. And I'm one of those things that's like I like fighting different things. I like fighting things. You're like, what is this? What was that? So you can't really get like a routine. And and it makes sense, you know, from a realistic standpoint. You're like, we have an enemy. We're going to fight that enemy over and over. Okay, yeah, it's realistic. Is it super fun? Nah. I feel like at that point you'd pick up on the patterns. Well, you, you would, but it also would get boring. Whereas like every Well, now- that's why it would be boring because you're picking up on the patterns. It's way too predictable. Whereas nowadays it's like... Well, we're in the woods, and a two-tailed flying scorpion drops by. Yeah, rolling this You're like, whoa, weird shit. <laughs> you know? well, it's like, like you, there's, it kind of takes the ability to metagame to a degree out of it because you can't really like, okay, here's our strategy for when we fight this enemy because you're constantly like, well, I don't know how to deal with whatever the fuck. I mean, look at the Hydra fight. Struggle bus. Oh, dude, that was... Oh. <laughs> like, I was... I was I got a little on the angry side through part of that, but it I, wasn't because of like Brad. I felt Brad was not being fair. It was just like, you know, what we were doing and what we had been doing wasn't working. To, I ran it to the book, best of my knowledge. I mean, we still figured it out. You got there. You got well, there. And here's the thing. Like, and we talked about this a little bit, I think, before we started hitting the record button, but like, we still have deficiencies as a party. Yeah. And that I, was just one of those monsters that just lives in that gap. When you have the four person group, something is always missing. You know, and like yet yeah, fifth character usually brings something in that you're lacking. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's also that expands the podcast and that makes it a little harder. Mm-hmm. Well, know. and you can only realistically round out a character so much. So as long as each character, I feel like, um, m- like our characters all Minui, Segura, Arthur, and Will, they all melded together in a way that worked. There were some um, spots 
that should have like that needed a little bit more rounding. But realistically, as a group, we were pretty well rounded. I think we've all played with people who are like, I don't want my character to be weak at anything. I, I'm going to cover every base mm-hmm. because they want to win D and D. I feel attacked. <laughs> I'm kidding. But like, I don't want to win D and want to. I want to play that story. And you know what's boring? Character that has no deficiencies. Right. It's boring. Like, oh, I don't have anything bad about me. Uh, no, I'd like that you guys, are, none of you are perfect. You all have things, you know, and those deficiencies come together as a group and make for storytelling. And I, I love think that. anytime you, I mean, and this, this is just, this, this goes for like real life too. Like anytime you try to be absolutely perfect, that is when things will fall apart completely because no, nothing will ever be perfect. And you can either accept that and adapt to it or you can fail. There's some people play RPGs and they hate to lose. Whereas heroes who lose sometimes far more interesting. It's it's like I mentioned the other night at your at your um, party. Um, I would I'm I'm not afraid of somebody who I'm I'm never going to be afraid to fight somebody who's consistently won fights. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm going to be more afraid to fight somebody. Not that I'm really afraid to fight anybody, but I'm going to be more afraid um, or nervous to fight somebody who has lost several fights but they keep fucking doing it i'm sorry you keep getting yourself into a situation and you don't give a shit if you win or lose as long as you get some licks in girl iconic everyone loses the hero rises again i have a question Mm -hmm. you want to go first adam no i was just gonna add on that you're good all right favorite npc go dave around the table Why? Whenever we played your your uh, like little Christmas one shot with Dave in it, I don't I don't know if it was like the certain level of familiarity, like his just good natured rolling with the punches attitude, um, mixed in with some like random like you know America Reagan quotes. <laughs> there was just a certain level of sincerity there of like I think the same reason why like buddy cop movies were so good for a while. Like it was just like feel safe humor, I guess. And in a game where you're constantly, you know, especially like, oh, I'm trapped on a mountain in this demi plane where time doesn't move and I'm, you know, being manipulated by this god wizard and all this horrible shit's happening. Like, there's a certain level of safety, I think, that that Dave gave you safety vibes along with that good natured dad humor that just, just did it for me. Not a lot of comforting things on the mountain. So, yeah, I could see that. What was the name of the guy who was in the water mill? Uh, the dam. The dam. At the Bob. Dam. Bob Morton. Okay, so Bob is my favorite character. <laughs> He's my favorite NPC. Surprising. <laughs> is that surprising? Yes. Yes, a little bit. I didn't see that coming. Um, It's because he's so cynical. I think it's so fucking hilarious. I think it's so funny to have somebody, like, because you have people who are at the mountain and they're like, I hate being here, but it's fine. Like, it's whatever. Like, this is my life now. I've accepted it. Like, I can't, you can't change it. And he's like, I fucking hate this place. I've tried to kill myself several times to get out of it. I can't die. You give this him drugs, cool. he immediately tries to overdose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's the fact he's so cynical. And, he, and even though he knows he can't die, he keeps trying. He's like, he's like, I fucking hate this place. He's like, why, why, why me? What, what the fuck? <laughs> he's got a can die attitude. Yes. And I, yeah. I don't know what it is about characters like that, but characters like that just I I adore them. I absolutely adore them. He is a singular NPC in that like everybody else can die, 
assuming that like something bad happens. Otherwise, you'd live forever naturally. But he's like, Mm-mm. this place is forcing me to be alive. And I think he's got it the worst out uh, of everybody. Yeah. Oh, oh easy. Sure. Oh, easy. Given enough time. A lot of a lot of mortal minds, I think, are going to grow that way into that thing because there's only one thing that just can't, yeah. and that's going to be the thing you grow to want that you want to revert. You know, we we don't condone suicide and people or mental issues or whatever, but like, oh no, 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 you, you know, a lot of characters we never met checked out on the mountain. Yeah, they couldn't handle it. You know, I've always assumed that's why, like. Or you either have the people that basically gave up and are just living in town because everybody who like I have to at least try to get out of here did yeah. it to a suicidal degree and that's why they're not around anymore. Yeah, that's kind of where my thought process is as well after meeting Bob because it gave a different um, I feel like perspective on it because yes I feel like every other NPC we've met has pretty much just accepted what has happened and they have just grown to be complacent. Yes, complacent. Um, not because I was going to say content, but not content. Yeah, because no, you know <laughs> they're they're unhappy, but they're just like we can't change it, and that's the way it is, you know. And I feel like I think it's so interesting to see the different perspective of a, another NPC who's actively like I don't fucking want to be here. I'm trying to change my situation, um, and he's not. I mean, he's not choosing a, a good way to do it, but it's. I mean, it's just. It makes you wonder about those other parties because we, whenever we first got to the mountain, that was one of the first things that was, you know, said like, well, we have had adventures, we've had parties, you know, they all, some, most of them don't come back. And then the ones that do end up just hanging out, you know, Gertie, Gertie, for example, she's the only living member, I believe, of her party left. I mean, as you know, as we know. But is her ability to stand through the fact that she's an elf and her people are already naturally long live lived? Or, so did that give her a leg up on the like constant life thing? No, and the I, loss of others. I don't think so. I would dare to say that she grew tired of adventuring. There's a reason why Gertie has given up, and there's a reason I think why she's one of the. Why she would be one of the only, as we, as far as we know, living members of her party. Um, it's, so, I think so, either something very devastating happened in those woods, like with a monster that took out her entire party, or she witnessed something else with but her party. Here's the thing, did she give up? I mean, did, you, did Gertie go to the top of the mountain, do all the things, realize that She's not getting out of there and then chose a different way to fight by leading the town. I mean, she's the mayor of it. I, and I'll lift the curtain a little, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of this stuff doesn't always come out naturally. Um, and what really happened to Gertie is that party broke up. And there's only so much you can do by yourself. So what Gertie did is dedicated herself to keeping Callstown going. I was going to say something to that effect. Maybe it's it's not about how many times you try or did she give up. Maybe it's a matter of she's not insane. How many times are you going to try and fail and not make a difference before you just start considering other options? Here's what keeps you going on the mountain. Purpose. And that was Gertie's purpose. Is that maybe she wasn't always successful, but she has tried to protect Callstown. And for long stretches of time, almost single-handedly, trying to keep these people going 
and I, I will say this, that it got dark for her too. And she almost gave up. And then a bunch of dwarves walked through the door. But it's 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 cool because that gave her new purpose, obviously meeting Doriana, but like King Greth. Yeah. He obviously basically gave up. King Greth found what he was looking for. Right. And it destroyed him. I think that there's only so much satisfaction in getting what you've always wanted out of life without um and and there will never not be a consequence to it. Is the myth of what you want so big that when you find it, you're, you're ruined? But I think that was part of like all of what we're talking about is part of like why Will had like the mindset he did there for a while was like life can't continue to happen here because I mean you if you do your day to day grind, it's forever. I mean that's some many people would consider that hey like you got to go work your nine to five for the rest of your life or whatever you're doing that's that's hell to them. Yeah, and living like that isn't truly living. And so he was like I. I'm not hurting anybody by anything I do here because nothing here really matters because you can just then continue. I mean, you could do whatever for a hundred years perfectly and then it'd just be like, okay, but you still have forever still left, assuming you don't die from, you know, a sickness, a monster attack, something like that. Maybe Gertie, maybe Gertie could have gone the distance if she had the tools and the people to rely on like you guys. So I, I think you guys understand some of these NPCs the longer this story goes on. But look at that. We've been here on the mountain for what, a couple months? Yeah. L look what's already happened to our party. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, and that seems to be what happens. What this place tears you apart. And that's, I mean, we're right now where one person's definitely out of the party, most likely the other one's out of the party. And then here's the thing. If you've got two left, even if new party members are introduced, are both of them still willing to fight the good fight? So, Nick, is it Lady Brina? Who's your favorite NPC? <laughs> uh, Actually, mine was Gertie or Oki. Oki, just I like his name. He was such a goofy turd. So just like I'll, I'll hop in and go ahead and say mine, and it's Oki. And it's I good. say that because Oki originally was a one-off NPC that didn't matter. He was a quest giver. Hey, my parents are missing. Go find them. Hey, we found your parents. Blah blah blah. See ya. Right. <laughs> but you guys brought him into the larger scheme of things, his story grew because I, I, I was like, okay, he's around. I need to use this tool more often. Mm -hmm. And then it, it just worked out the way it did. And I, he, he became like, and, and he and Zachariah, but kind of became more intertwined than I ever would have imagined. I'm a big fan of Zachariah too. You know, and, and at this point I'm like, damn, I shouldn't have killed him off. <laughs> but but i i think the gravitas was there and their actions had merit you know and i i feel that like 30 like the will the end like kind of that will arc and then then the end of their arc i think those are some of my favorite episodes i, I actually have a question for you oh wait who is yours finish your question go ahead well i'll ask the question then you yeah. say yours and then i want to know your answer to that how do you keep coming up with these names? Uh, I, I try to put some thought into it. And I'm like, if I'm like, I don't know if I'm that great of a name giver, to be honest. Like, some of my guys are like, Zach, Bob. Like, why were you just like, Okie? Okay. You know, his parents were like kind of rangers. Um, you know, and I just, it just, sometimes I just think of shit and like, Okie Ridge. And I'm like, that's cool. I like that. Okay, who's Okie Ridge parents? I'm like, Donal, Donal Ridge, like, like it just—it sounds like a good name, like Yolanda Ridge. 
and maybe there was a book in my past I read where like I've forgotten like Donald Ridge is a character. Uh, dude, that's happened to me where I've completely ripped off something and not remembered. But to the best of my knowledge, I have not. But <laughs> I mean, how many people how much of the fantasy genre period is just a rip off of Tolkien oh, in some way or another? For sure. I mean, we're we're all ripping off Tolkien. They all bleed into each other on a certain level. You know. And like Malakazar thrice damned. I'm like that sounds cool, but like in a podcast format, do I want to say that over and over and over? No, like you know, like we all we can all come up with weird names with extra syllables, mm-hmm. but like shortened to the point is usually better. Well, that's human nature. I mean, you could have a super long name, but if there's a shorter way to say it, yeah, friends are gonna end up calling you that. I'm Malkiar, the thrice damned Mal. Get in here. Yep. And for me, that's good character name design. Can it be shortened? Because that's human nature. Nobody calls me Bradley unless it's a thing. Like, Bradley, you motherfucker. You know, like, we all shorten names. So it's either shortened to the point already or it can be shortened. You know, like Beezlebub. Bubby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. You know, I got to say, I will, I will put him up there because that guy, I mean, you really do hate him. The more you find out about him, the more you're just like, fuck that dude. But Jake needs to answer the question. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I I think Oki and Father Zachariah are high on the list for sure. Honorable mentions, especially Oki. Another honorable mention would be uh, Black Knuckle. That dude (laughs) just sticks with me. Some about his can-do, go-get-this-death attitude, you know, I just loved it. (laughs) And and he's actually been in Sigourm's life. A while. The whole time, basically. Yeah. You've been carrying around the black knuckles weapon rune the whole campaign basically and it, it's cool. like i didn't even know that was a thing i just found a, a body and the body was like here take this and go be a warrior um i think i think it is changing i think it what my favorite is ultimately probably going to wind up being the queen or our, our tracks but, um, but right now i'm still giving it to old bones because of the <laughs> impact, he set the entire tone of this this story for me. How, how how great was that? Like, and I I needed that. I needed episode two's fight to work. I needed that because if you guys just like walked up and broke his neck, and it's like, yeah, that set the tone. Was like the four of you, the four strangers, are gonna have to fight for fucking survival. I'm I'm surprised you didn't say Crocom. He's, I love him, and I love him, and I'm, I'm gonna find, I got a way to make him even better, and he will extend through the ranks, I assure you. Um, uh, no, he's, he's uh, on my honorable list, no mistake. And again, there's another, a lot of honorable mentions. Another guy that was just gonna be a one-off. Right. And then it just, it got fun to do the, the voice, and like, Sigourm, like, kind of hooked up with, not like hooked up, like, sexually, but then we're okay with that. Um, but like. You don't know. I don't know. Maybe make some apple sauce. Oh, who was the boat captain too? Oh, uh, that was funny because you're like, ah, a montage. I gave him, I gave him a complicated name, and I can't remember it. I Um, liked him a lot too. Well, but again, that's a theme. Like, there's been a lot of really like good, interesting NPCs as we've gone throughout this that have helped like flesh out the world we we're living in. I I feel guilty for not remembering to say Crocrum. It was just like he was already on my given list. Yeah, yeah, just. It's the same way you guys say, like, Oki and Zachariah. Like, I think there's some things that you feel, like, are very, like, personal to your character. And therefore, like, you're not going to say them because, like, obviously, that to you has, like, you know. See, I I know. 
I've, I've been in this game long enough, and I know, I don't know how it will happen, but I know Brad's going to get him. And he's probably going to shoot to the top of my damn list when he goes. Who, Crocom? Yes. Oh, I've, I've You're going to kill him. I've already got it planned. I know, yeah, okay. I know, I know, There's that. Okay. I know exactly <laughs> when it's going to happen, unless you guys do something. See, I think I know, but I ain't you, saying you shit. You ain't got a fucking clue. <laughs> right. I, I, I hope you don't because if you do you've got me way more figured out than like I, I, I want you to in this, this end of the story like I don't want you to have that figured out yet okay we'll see but uh, you guys are starting to figure shit out that you're like I'm just taking a wild guess here Brad but blah and I'm like oh, I don't know <laughs> how do you know <laughs> Here, here's the thing i will say this so i typically obviously i'm a part of the podcast i listen to the raw episodes when brad sends them out and i listen to it when it releases and it's fully edited with all the background effects and stuff like that i figured out one or two things just because it's like after the third time basically experiencing i'm like ha i caught on that detail i i drop shit it doesn't always get caught but if you like listen i, I feel like i caught a pretty good one you know like but like sometimes you don't know shit gets dropped until later you're like oh well this happened Wait, episode blah blah blah. Oh, motherfucker. Um, it's usually not just a blind shot. There's usually like some stuff gets there. I've enjoyed it. Which I, makes that something that someone's already said during this little recap, talk about it that much better. Yeah. Um Yeah. No, like I NPCs have changed some dramatically just off your guys' interactions with them. Some of them have changed characters. Yeah. What and, I think some of them have changed voices because I'm, so I'm terrible as a GM. <laughs> Go ahead, Ashley. I'm so sorry, Jake. I'm so fucking sorry. We're good. Um, I, I, I cut you off all the time, and I don't fucking mean to. It's just a thing we do on this side of the table. I know. We're just assholes with no manners. Go us. You get used you to said, it. You said it. You said it. Well, it's honest. <laughs> but um, I think what's really interesting is seeing the way Billsby, like the the hint that the, the, what Iveston dropped about Billsby still like working with him and talking to him and how Billsby is like, always Billsby's always portrayed, portrayed himself as like, I fucking hate that dude. And he probably does to an extent, but the fact that Iveston dropped out there that like, that's my eyes and ears. I don't know if, if that's totally true. Um, at least that's how I, I took that. But like, you know, here's the, if Iveston is looking at this realm, one of the things he absolutely wants to keep an eye on is Billsby. Yeah, if you're, he's he's the uh, he's the biggest threat. Big cheese on campus. Be, yeah, because Billsby helped build the fucking place. Oh yes, that's that's yes, yes. Um, well, which and I've always wondered, like, okay, so like, there's not very many powerful adventures left, and it always seems like oh, there's some that's come and gone, and it's like, are they managed out of the situation? Like, once they get to a point where they might be a threat, are they? managed out like right. there, there's an element of mystery there and also like as a writing tool that leaves some space for a new character to come in in case somebody dies <laughs> just be like yeah so and so has been on the mountain the whole time surviving you know undefeated but like not part of a crew and that's an element there but like yeah but like also at the time when the mountain was built Iveston controlled Billsby because he he tricked him and had the contractor the, the whatever, but he's gotten out of it. He's gotten out of it, which is crazy, and that's a story in itself. But he's also like on on Mike Billsby said he tricked all of us, but 
I can't remember how. And that he wasn't lying in that moment. He was like, Iveston had a trick. I can't remember what it is. The one thing that I do want to also touch on is, because you just said this a few moments ago, but um, creating a new character. So, because I'm having to do that, obviously, right? Um, I'm guessing. Well, (laughs) I don't see a... Um, reconciliation, so... <laughs> seems hard at this point, Seems, yeah. seems a little, little difficult. Um, not gonna lie. But, um, <laughs> one, one of the things that you asked me whenever we were talking about, like, building this character, is the first thing you asked me is, okay, are they new or have they been on the mountain? And I love that the way that this is set up, that we can do that. Yeah. We can base it and have a character be just, like, come in just straight off the fucking streets... Like, oh, hi, I'm new here. What's up? Yeah. Or it's just a rando that happened to be in town the whole time. You just never noticed. Well, and that that's the, the thought line. Is like, Or at least acknowledged. Is your character new or they just or have they been here the whole time? They've been here the whole time. Great. How long have they been here? What they've been doing? Writing prompts, you know? Like, whereas it's just like, I just got here. Okay, great. Who'd you piss off? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> How'd you get here? Who'd you piss off? Seems like the first question. Yeah. You know, <laughs> or it just even be like, yeah, I was in a cave looking for treasure, found a scroll, read it, by the yeah. bing, by the book. Just, just pure dumb luck. You know, like as far as party dynamics, yeah, it's nice to fill a role. But for me, I care more about like the story. Like, how'd you get here? Why are you here? Blah, blah, blah. You know, we'll figure out the details later. Your gear and the levels and shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, I just think it's, I think it's a really nice element to have because I feel like half the time whenever, you know, um, in any other campaign that is not, um, does not have these preset, you know, kind of conditions uh, for coming to the mountain or being on the mountain, it can be a little bit more difficult to introduce a character. If there's any brilliance to the writing of this campaign, it's that it's allowed me to, I've done it in a way that's allowed me to be very lazy on a lot of details. (laughs) <laughs> but I admire it. Here's the thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. Whether or not it's it's look, look at Harry Potter. Look look at the shit that now after it being out for years and being as popular as look at all the holes that people poke and 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 J.K. Rowling's writing because of she didn't fucking have twenty years to think about it from a million different aspects and people have read yeah. the books forty five thousand times. Like you've given yourself a way to be creative without having to always find up. 15 page backstory for why that's there or that happened. There's room to fill in a, a crack in the past if something comes up. Like Rich Rich has a calendar. Like Rich is working on a uh, a campaign guide for our our world, which is awesome. But like he's like got the days and the months and the lunar cycle figured out. It's I'm very like, rich. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is very rich. Yeah. I'm but too lazy for that. I will say this though. <laughs> if you get too rigid in how you build your world and what happens, yeah. It stifles creativity in your players or even gives them a sense of like either a nothing I do matters or it's like Well, I know that regardless of whether or not we do good or bad the results still gonna be this because this is just the story and I don't really affect it I just you know robot my arms through it. I wanted there to be a safe place for you guys to blow shit up (laughs) Yeah, next guy makes bombs got it (laughs) I'm not playing an alchemist but you guys can no, no, it's been, <laughs> been done. First of all, I, I, no, no interest. I loved Ethan's take on Hatham. Hatham became one of my favorites, um, from a character standpoint. But mechanically, I, I never want to play a, a no. alchemist. Just, it's just not my play style. I have no idea what I'm gonna do 
if Sigourm goes down for the big count. You should probably figure that out, like, real quick. No. Not, not saying why. But... No, I refuse. <laughs> I'll just have to walk out of the room for a bit and think about it. Roll. See, I learn about Pathfinder part of the way by just building various characters, and then sometimes I actually stumble on a par- character I built that I'm like, oh, this would be so cool to play and stuff. And I've I've usually got two or three of them in the wings. It's actually relatively hard to die in PF2. You know, so, some real bad shit's got to go down. Because even if you're like, man, I'm dying three, you can go ahead and spend a spend a hero point to stabilize and get it back. But know? I mean, yeah, it's I I think in most of the tabletop role playing games that are popular these days, like it's fairly hard to die. Now, if your party has like no healing capabilities and there's a lot of AOE spells being thrown around, I mean, AOE spells I feel like are where you get it. Like even in our last little uh, combat where, you know, some fireballs were being thrown out. There were some unconscious bodies that were being caught up in those radiuses, like, that are like environmental hazards, like, pits of acid. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and it doesn't happen often, but death can just come out of the left field, just bam. And sometimes I think that's the best thing, because if you have a death in a campaign, like, there's a certain gravitas that usually that gets added into it. I know we've joked about, Brad, your multi-character death in a campaign uh, that we were playing, but I mean, it, it it set a tone for our party and how we approach things that was phenomenal. And, and it never felt forced. Mm-mm. Like, it was always like, yeah, okay, I mean, I, I bought it legit. Mostly because you guys didn't have any sort of healing whatsoever. I'm having a thought oh, here. Yeah. You can finish, Adam. I was just going to be like, fuck you, my whole character was a shield for the party. I did what I could. Rightfully so. Um, Were there a... What, is there a list of, like, key points that we're supposed to recap to brush ourselves and any no, listeners up? Cause... I mean, you know, and we'll do a quick thing where I'm like, you know, the, the four of you through various means are cursed to come to the mountain. And, you know, you through various trials, um, you know, you come to the city of Callstown and you're helping that out, but you're discovering there's so much more going on here. There's the remnants of a crusade where everyone you've basically met is undead and they're cursed here. You've met the wizard Iviston, who is in control, who built the place with the help of an army of devils and demons. And at the heart of it, the four of you are just trying to break this place to get home. Previous ties from before the mountain have split the party. And now we're not sure how things are going to go. And that's a pretty quick summation. But, you know, I'm, I'm pretty interested in how you guys feel, like, how things have changed. I definitely think that the party has grown significantly um not just like as individuals but together i do think that um i don't remember if it i think it was when one of the practice episodes whenever we were in that snowy kind of terrain oh it was for the christmas episode Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was for the christmas episode we were in that snowy terrain and um like that scene with will where like he almost flew off of the of the sled like, almost like flew out of it like I, that was so funny or um you know rich he 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 told me that one of his favorite moments um for minui was the one with um her and sigorum and the apple and the not the apple and the flowers um mm-hmm. in the field um i mean it's just so interesting to see like those the more vulnerable sides i think too Nick, what's your favorite Sir Do moment? I'm going to ask everybody this about their character. Probably fighting the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with it you there, so, It was so random and should not have worked. 
and didn't. <laughs> and it was very risky, <laughs> especially for Dew. Well, you got paralyzed. That yeah, fight. I said that's why I said <laughs> yeah. <"Yo."> didn't. <laughs> it's one of my favorite combats, actually. Um, it's mostly because I was making you terrified, which I can't always do. Oh, it was it was the time where the dice came out to keep the tension right there. Yeah, and there were some great tactics going on. I say great loosely. I, I think <laughs> I opened that combat critting Sigorum for like a shit ton of damage. Uh, you almost took me out one hit. Yeah, it was I, a lot. Yeah, that was the one where he had to roll to not die. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's a fucking the DC moment. 15. Yeah. DC 15 from a fail card. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I paralyzed you, almost killed you outright, and whacked you all, like almost to unconsciousness. Had you hit me a second time by massive damage rolls, I think I would have been dead. I think it's a little harder than you're thinking, but it, it that, that tree on a crit did like 7d10 or something. I, I don't remember exactly what happens, but that was a fun fight. You know, I, I find it funny. That at that point, you've already climbed a few trees. Yeah. But this was like the first time you're like, oh, the tree's moving. Might be a little harder, but I got this. <laughs> you're like, no, I don't. No, I don't. <laughs> whack, whack. <laughs> that was... I think you went unconscious while it had you grappled. Yeah. I healed you back, and then you were like, ah! I was actually going through pictures on my phone, and I took a picture of <laughs> my, uh, my mini in the tree's <laughs> Well, you flanked it. At first, and I was like, hey, that's great. And then it paralyzed you. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I, for a second, I was like, ah, this might be a TPK. Fuck. Uh. We, we had a minute there. I remember I remember you just asked the question, are we really going to do this? And we were like, <laughs> yeah, we are. Because <laughs> uh, I was scared. Because, like, a lot of Sigourm's story hadn't come out yet. And, but I, I, for me, I got to learn to let that go. To let that be, like, more honest. I also like the horse. The, the moment when you said, though, are we really going to do this? Like, are we going to let this happen? That, the way you said it, man, that that's either elite acting or fucking genuine. So oh. we, we, we don't want, like, don't change in a way where that phrase doesn't pop out like that. Yeah. We definitely want to flirt with that ground of, oh, shit. We want to keep that element. We, we really haven't had the true character death yet. You know, mm-hmm. like we've had some shit happen to well, Will story wise. I, like I like to think Will's out of plot armor. He's had two or three sets now. And I, I got shot in the chest and it did all my life. Mm-hmm. It didn't I, kill me though. Like the only story we really haven't delved too far in yet is due. Uh and we're gonna get into that a little bit next episode. But I, I've I've only got like one more little thing planned for Sigorum. I've got one or two more little things for Will. I've got to come up with a whole new thing for your new character. Hi. Um, but, you know, yeah, there's not... Plot armor is becoming thin. Good. You know. Yeah. So, we'll, we'll see. Let's get we'll back see. to some high stakes. Let's, let's, let's get there. How you guys are done killing each other. Well, <laughs> we don't know that for sure yet. Not for sure. Um, Adam, favorite Will moment? That's tough. Um, obviously, I had my own arc, which was amazing. Um... And really did a lot of things for, you know, my character and I enjoyed it. But, and I have all these little funny, like, him just being a little tweaker quips. Whether or not, like, when he got caught sneaking around in the middle of the night and was like, this is my time. Like, I, I, I love some of those moments. The the consistent gag of trying to get Sigourum to, to wear the saddle, stuff like that, that I just love. Um, but after we met uh, Ivastan 
and Will has a conversation with Salabank, and like you really see just how fucking greasy the dude is. Like you, you can you get a little hint of of, of where that story is going to end up going. I I loved that because like it's my character, my character's God, and I was just like, oh, this guy's like oil and water. Like it just because before it had a very much more lighthearted feel, and that for me was when it was like, oh. <laughs> Well, it, yeah, and I, I think, I think we got it. Like that, that progression of like, hey, you know what? He just does some drugs. He's a fun guy. It's perfect. To, holy shit, everybody might die. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, like, this has caused problems for everyone, and uh, not everything that happened isn't Will's fault. And we're not saying that, but like, you know, the Scarlet and Salabank and all that. The door was opened. Yeah. I loved uh, early stages, Will, because he was quick, he was snappy, and he was, like, always funny. And now <laughs> it, it's it's different now because he's he's trying to live down this withdrawal and this shame, and it's too real, and he's just got to put in the time. He's, he's contemplative now. Oh, yeah, because Audible mentioned uh, the conversation he had with Minui that was like, I've been down the path. And oh, I, that was... I really yeah. enjoyed, I really enjoyed, like, the fact that it, it synced up that way and being able to, you know, say those kind of things. Like, she she pressed hard on the on some of you guys. And great episode, I think, you know. I love that mine was pretty clear-cut and dry. She's like, hey, big man, it's cool if you want to die. <laughs> she knew, though. Minui yeah. knew. Yeah, that was... Yeah, there was no reason to press to press Sigorum yeah, knowing damn it. well that he's like he you the the way that Sigorum is as a character, at least from a listener and a um the player, the opposite player aspect. He's a very cut and dry character. That is the only way to deal with him. That's the only way to talk to him is very cut and dry. You have to be clear about things. You know, you can speak in metaphors, you can you can speak in like, oh well it it's it's almost like this, but he's not going to understand that. You just have to be clear for for that. Like he follows designs so harshly on what he views to be right, and there's nothing wrong with that. I actually think that that's amazing for a character for, and I think that's a really hard character to play. Also, like it would be extremely difficult for like me if I if I were playing a character like that. It'd be extremely difficult for me as a person not to metagame because my morals would be different like if i were playing sigora my morals normally speaking as a as a player are different than the characters and so staying true to that i feel like is a lot harder than doing what menu like than how i played menui which was just selfish but you didn't play her not true to the character no. or you did the exact opposite which is why it worked out Story-wise, really well. I mean, you have to play it true to the character, but I feel like it's it's easier to play a character, like, at least in, in my position. It's easier for me to play a character like Minui, um, where the morals are kind of more gray. Right. Because Flexible. as long as... Yes, as long as it works out, that's what fucking matters. And in general, I don't think I could ever play a character that has harsh moral boundaries. Because I, as a person, cannot comprehend that. I love the symbolism that has come up with Sigorm and the apple tree. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, Sigorm's like, I'm an apple tree. You want apples? No. Guess you'll have to cut me down. Yeah. You know? Strong and sturdy. It's, he's a good example of how like a, a simple character 
d- like you don't have to have this super complex thing going on to have he's a really good bitch. story. And- <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, like he's very much a, like. Here's the line. Period. Yeah. Yeah. There's no. There's no hesitation. There's no. I don't. There's no. I don't know. I mean, I personally wouldn't do that. I don't think that's right. It's no. Don't you fucking do it. If you do it, I cut you. I mean, I think that's happened. You. Uh, you can't. It has. You can't bend Sigorum, but you can confuse him. Yes. yes. And confusing him is easy. No, it's easy. It's easier than whipping his ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's significantly easier. That's true. We're That's we're true. we're doting on Sigorum, so let's just go ahead and ask Jake, what's your favorite Sigorum? Ah, dude. <laughs> you had two characters to think of it. <sighs> That's true. That's true. The the build up in in the fight and the climax with uh, his brother Sigorum. Yeah. That was my favorite. I, I because again it's another it's another climactic tone setter. It it just it played even with the roles it played into the the heaviness that I try to bring to moments and it because it was natural and because things were both uh, well played and well written into the moment it just it was just perfect to me I think there's a tonal shift at that point in the in the campaign. I mean, does anybody like disagree or agree with that? Like, I can agree with that. No, I think it definitely shifted the tone, and you can definitely cut this because it it could just be like me just talking out my ass. But one thing I do think is interesting is Sigorum is so in that scene, but like where Minui's in the cell and like talking to all of you. Um, Sigorum, I feel like having dealt with his brother, having dealt with being betrayed prior, like I feel like he. I love the way that he, I think if it was not Will, but Sigorum who was doing that shot to, to knock Minui unconscious, you would have killed her. I would have. And it's because that's true to your character because you did that to your brother. The parallels of that and that relationship, um, granted your relationship with Sigorum was different in that um, Minui and there was that camaraderie, that closeness. Right. But it was still that betrayal aspect. And I love the way that in, in the same way it mirrored Will's grasp grasping for more and more. Um it I like I like the way that in, in my opinion at least it kind of mirrors that relationship you had with Sikorum as well, too, and how you would have handled that. I think it's very interesting. I honestly admire the hell out of you, Ashley, for for going into a PvP fight in a way that should not happen. I mean, if it if uh, players are going to fight is one thing, but having veteran players versus the newer players is like a near impossible thing to uh, capture well and make it flow and everybody be on board with the outcome. I, I respect both of you guys for doing things veterans typically can't you know they they get too we we just we think differently we're too railroaded at times and we can't see acceptance or open-mindedness the way that i you guys can and i admire that it did come up adam and i we did talk about it and i said you know if the fight goes a particular way and it comes down to sigorm's turn i'll kill one if not both of them but the, the fight didn't go that way. We weren't positioned that way on the map. 
and I'm on board with the way things are right now. That's the way the fight just went. See, and I, I was the opposite. I didn't know until the moment happened what for sure I was going to do. And then it was just having me, I was looking at my options and I was like, I mean, what would Will do rather than what would I do? And I'll, I'll raise the curtain on my end a little bit if the fight had gone the other way. Because um, here's what the family would have wanted. One, they would have wanted you to kill your mom. Oh, for sure. Which oh, for sure. Would, I think would have been like, boom, lightning to the face, done. <laughs> I mean, that, that wouldn't have been a question because I feel like if, if, if Minui would have won and would have been in power, yeah. her mother would have been a very big issue. And at that point, the family's like, she's the one because, yeah, yeah. she just off her own mom. Her yeah, mom. that's pretty, like, pretty hardcore. And I, I, I was going to look up like what the Russian word for mother was and the, the soldiers were going to start chanting that because you were the mom at that point. Heavy. Heavy. And I, what I would have done is made um, Will, uh, sorry, would have made, made Adam and Jake roll. And whoever got lower, Kyber puts arrows in them. Character's dead. I would have I chose to fail that because I ain't working I know, with them. I know. I know you would have chosen that, and I don't care. It would have been random. <laughs> Here's the thing. I what, love this game. <laughs> how are they going to keep me alive? Yeah, I mean, you guys would have been tied up or whatever, you know. But like, and at that point, whichever one is left... The family's going to ask Dew to kill. <laughs> and if Dew couldn't even, do even it. Even better if it's me, then and, you died first. Well, and like, because Kyber's going to be like, I'll make it easy. I'll kill the, I'll kill the little one. Or I'll be like, I'll make it easy. I'll kill the orc. Because I want to kill the orc anyway. And then that's the choice Dew has to make. That was when Asmodeus was going to be like, this death, offer it to me. God, now I kind of wish we would have lost. <laughs> and then some, some other story bullshit would have happened. Well, um, I think also you wished you guys could have lost in a way because you wanted to play Slade here. I mean, yeah, I've got to tell Will's story and, and stuff like that. And Will, orig here's the thing, when I made Will, it was I had two different characters I had thought up for this podcast. I ran him by Brad and he, we were kind of talk. Um, you mentioned wanting to continue telling Will's story. I feel like there's more to Minui's story, but I feel like up to this point, we've told everything. I feel like up to this point, I'm like, I'm comfortable. I was comfortable with, I mean, I was accept. I was going to accept whatever outcome in the first place anyway, because I. That's exactly what she would have done. She would have, um, as a character, Minui would have just gone. Okay, this is exactly what it is. Um, and either I'm going to win or I'm going to lose. But if I lose by their hand, I'm not going to die by the hand of the family. It would have been a decent stopping point for Minui, Sigorm, or Will's story. Because up till now, all of our stories have pretty much been well, told. And that's my thing. Like I. Maybe not every single bit of Will's story, but like Will's story's pretty much been told. So if he dies, there's a certain level of like I got to tell the story, so to Most speak. Most of the story came out. I got another fuck you for Sigorm and Will. Because my so I like I mentioned I had two characters. I had a barbarian whose wife was killed by a dragon and he managed to take out the dragon, and so he was like anything for power to take maybe he didn't take out the dragon, maybe he just wounded or whatever. But anything for power to get back at it. And the other character was a gnome who'd like dabbled in like fortune telling and stuff like that and managed to learn a little bit of magic. And he was a wizard, I think was the uh, deal okay. and was a drug addict and stuff. And he basically like got good enough that he like hoodwinked somebody that was in the mob. And then he was like on the run trying to get away from them. That's how like, so I pushed those two characterized ideas together. And then you've got Will the cleric. Ashley, what's your favorite menu moment? Um, I have to like, okay. So obviously my last couple of episodes were, much better for Minui because she really like got to be center stage 
for that. You know, I I didn't feel like I was needing to take it kind of like almost a backseat. Um, that way other stories could get told. She kind of got to shine. And I think that that was really amazing. Um, and so I do think that the cell moment was very... I mean, this is also my ego speaking, but um, the the uh, the cell scene I think was done really well. But that's not my favorite Minui moment. Um, I think it was not shocking to our character, like characters, or not. I don't think it was shocking at all to our um, players, but I I do think it was shocking to our characters in that moment. And I think that was great. But I think my favorite moment for Minui was um, whenever. Uh, the Hydra. I want to say, I think it was like the Hydra scene whenever um, we figured out the burning, mm. um, the carterization, and her getting to really kind of just... Because I feel like Minui in battles doesn't... Like, she gets to do damage, but she doesn't really get to have a moment where she's like, I was the MVP of that battle. Yeah. And she, I feel like, was the... I mean, she was very important to that battle, I feel like. But that's why, like, maybe, like, it wasn't always flashy, but there were plenty of battles where you were probably the high, you were just good old reliable damage. Yeah. It's not flashy, but the battle wouldn't have went the way it did had you not done that. And I think that the Hydra scene is, like, my favorite scene because that, that also is a very validating scene for me as a player because I have, I genuinely, I mean, we've known this since it's, it was my first time playing a sorceress, first time playing really a magic character. Um, So for me... It was very validating in being able to feel like I actually did something. Well, I feel like that was the first battle that I feel like I actually did something worth talking about. And you, you chose an occult caster, which I feel like is the hardest type it, of play. It's the hardest spell list because it's all like buff debuff. Um, whereas, you know, that's hard for a newer player, a new system. You know, whereas if you just picked like blasty shit, I think I think you would have felt less worried about it. You know, because you could have yeah. just been like fireball. Yeah, yeah, but I also feel like I needed to take the like I'm I'm so excited to get to go back and play um a rogue. I'm so excited to get to step back and play in my comfort zone because yeah. I feel completely like the way I play a rogue I feel like is completely different. Um, because I'm just so. It's like my safety class. Yeah, you know I think we all have our safety class, our safety positions. You have others that can just very effortlessly go between. I'm not one of those. I am a pretty standard player. Um, I know what I like. And it was good for me to play the sorceress, especially an occult sorceress, because that gave me more insight and a little bit more of a, a player growth. And I feel like while I struggled at first, I really caught on to it. But it took a while. It took a minute. You got out of your comfort zone, which I appreciate, because a lot of you guys, at one point or another, have all had to get out of your comfort zone, and you let me push you out of that zone, and I appreciate it, because I think it makes for a good story. But, you know, as far as this story is going, we're all out of our comfort zone right now, and, yep. I, think, and I think we're going to see how that's going to play out in the coming episodes. So uh, I just want to say from all of us, you know, if you've been with us this far, thank you. Thank you, thank you for listening. Thank you. And uh, hopefully it's going to keep you there. Yeah, we so. appreciate it a lot, man. We're going to see all of you on the next episode.
sure to visit TheAdventurousVault.com for more episodes and campaign information. Music and sounds provided by Sirenscape. If you like what you hear, give The Adventurous Vault a shout-out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you don't like what you hear, visit The Adventurous Vault Discord server and let the cast know directly just what you think of them. And while you're there, listen to the exclusive content to see if it's just as bad. The Adventurous Vault is produced by Night Owl Workshop, LLC. Now go quick, listen to more before I hunt you down.